This message was recorded at Breakthrough Fellowship in Nunguja. Let's go to Psalm 105. <laughs> Verse 17. Ori mukutabulira banno. You're mixing it. Let's mix it for you also. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> okay. He sent a man before them. He sent a man before them. Even Joseph. I don't know what version that is. Eh? Ah, I'm still a King James. Who, he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they had with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. Tell your neighbor, until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. Tell your neighbor again. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. This is Joseph. Joseph had gotten amazing dreams. Hmm? First he dreamt there were sheaves and these Eleven sheaves, they bowed down to his sheaf. Hmm? Then he dreamt the sun, the moon, and eleven stars all bowing down to him. Man, after such dreams, eh, you are just ready to be on top of the world. Eh? 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 You know, it's one thing when it's just eleven sheaves. Now even the sun and the moon are bowing. Eh? You just know you are set. Hmm? But it says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Now, here is the interesting thing. When we see Joseph's life, it did not look like it was the word trying him. It looked like brothers with, with all sorts of intentions. Then it becomes Potiphar's wife. I mean, it did not look like it's the word. But now, it's telling us the word itself was trying him. I remember a long time ago, a friend of mine told me, every word you preach will test you. And it is true. I have been tested on every word I preach. Which is why I'm very careful which ones I preach. Because you get tested on every word you preach. Every time. I tell, I, the Lord tells me now go preach about seed. The next thing I know, he's telling me to sow. And you're like, Then you also see miracles. Of course. Because the word works. Amen. You know, today I got a message. Someone sent me a message. Hey, I just put a thousand dollars on your account. I was like, hey, okay. How nice. <laughs> I had just sowed a seed. Yesterday in the morning, yesterday in the morning, I got up, went to my pastor and gave him a $1,000 seed. 24 hours later, 
I had another thousand dollars back on my account. I was like, hmm, okay, this is fun. We could keep doing this. <laughs> no problem. Sigorukumi. <laughs> Or what dollar? Hey, or what dollar? What pound? Or what euro? Hey, so what naira? But the word of the Lord tried him. Today, I was having a conversation with another friend, and we're just sharing this revelation. He showed me something, and then as he showed it to me, God always kept expanding my mind. We're talking about the temptations of Jesus. Jesus, the Holy Ghost comes upon him like a dove, and a voice speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And you'd think from that moment, it is straight to the ministry field. And he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. Right from the moment of being anointed. Wilderness. It's amazing. Joseph, it was like the moment he got the dreams, trouble had just come. It was almost like, sometimes you can even be saying, you get to a point where you're like, but Lord, why you shouldn't have spoken? It's like when you spoke, you opened a battalion of troubles. (laughs) Do not trouble, trouble. (laughs) A battalion of troubles just comes for you. But here is the interesting thing. It says, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. Let's see the first test. His brothers. Hmm? His very own. His very own, the ones he'd grown up with. Hmm? Of the same blood. The first thing that happens to you when God calls you. Your first opposition doesn't start from outside. It starts from inside. From the very closest people. From the closest people. From family. They are the ones who start. In fact, let me tell you, you know you've overcome when your family begins to acknowledge you're anointed. They're usually the very last ones. (laughs) After the whole world has accepted, then they remember. my friend his own family envy jealousy rejection then they sell him into slavery and we will look at something very interesting because now those are pre but there are also some post anointing temptations like Jesus's. Jesus's are interesting the first one he gets if you are the son of God 
command these stones to turn into bread. The first temptation you get with the anointing, especially now when you begin to get a revelation of, of these great truths, hmm? what we call new creation realities, is the temptation to use them for your own benefit. Command it to turn into bread. That's the temptation. And you see it around now. People get new creation realities. And what do they want? What are their dreams? I want to fly. I want to walk through walls. Ask them for what? They want to teleport from here to there. But you ask them what they're talking about. So that I can wake up and I can go and have breakfast in Paris. And lunch in Japan. And dinner in the US. You're like, hmm. Turn the stones into bread. <laughs> You've just failed the test. You've just failed the very first test. Because you're just thinking of using it for your own benefit. It's the same temptation that comes. The anointing comes upon you and money is scarce and you're thinking, ha, kanso kembala gure maremba sabensiko. That's the temptation. You get sent to a place and money disappears and the temptation just shows up. You have no idea. You arrive in a place and you're there. You came by faith. Everything is by faith. And then someone tells you, you know, I'm going to take you to this rich man's guy place. They need personal ministry. Baragure bajakua sentes on Nazoyagara. And if you're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost, Ojaginda you Baragure. I I mean, we can see these things. I can come and tell you in your, in your other bedroom, there is this, then the other, whatever. But it's a temptation to stand the stones into bread. And so many young ministers fall right for that one. Being able to be in the spirit and know not to go. But you're looking and it looks like a great door of provision. But it becomes a great door of bondage. That's why you will find this one minister, he's very anointed. But he's controlled by one person who has all the money. Because they fell for it and now the one with the money calls the shots. Decides where they can go and where they can't go. Tells them everything because they are the ones with the money. Oh, you see it a lot. I've seen young men who left here, went to the United States, full of power and anointing. Meet just one person who sees an opportunity in them, provides all of their needs, and then they literally become the employee of that one. 
they are no longer led by the spirit they don't go where the spirit leads uh uh-uh, where this person tells them to go is where they go and sad to say don't get offended but sad to say in the majority of cases it is a woman <laughs> i know it sounds bad but that's the <laughs> let me just tell you the truth <laughs> that's what i have found chiwa baba jita jezebel spirit you know <laughs> Jezebel was a woman control spirit but it started from failing the first test you have the power if you prove you are the son of god as if you need to prove anything to anyone you are you don't need to prove Ay 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 ay. Hmm? And then you know what the second one is? He grabs him and takes him to where? The pinnacle of the temple. Ne wabulastani amanyira. He takes you to the pinnacle of the temple. You know what has happened at that point? The numbers have come. The crowds have come. Everyone is talking about you. Wherever you go you are recognized. Hmm? When you show up, ish, there's a seat of honor waiting for you. You get VIP invitations. When you arrive, they have to take your Bible and everything like your hand can no longer carry a Bible. Hey, the Bible is now too heavy for this anointed hand. And the test is there. Tells him, "Ah ah, throw yourself down." It doesn't the word say the angels shall bear him up and he shall not dash his foot on a stone. Huh? Even quotes the word at you. So guess what? Anointed as you are, you jump. How do you jump? Watch those people that suddenly rise. See, that's the problem with sudden rises. Sometimes you can look at a sudden rise and you think it is of God, but it is the devil who took you to the pinnacle. <laughs> You can be on a sudden rise and you get up there and you think it is God when it is the devil who has put you up there. And then guess what? You jump. You know how you jump? We see it all the time. Pride. Pride. Now you begin to think you got yourself there. I'm anointed, I'm special. I'm different. I'm phenomenal. Huh? We are the new thing. The old has passed, we are the new thing. <laughs> the old has passed, we are the new thing. While Solomon is saying, there is nothing new under the sun. Ah, we are the new thing. 
Bali. Bali mbikade. Bafu. Eh. But now they all missed it. We are the ones now. God's doing a new thing. Akutade wali kupina kakugambi ebuka nao obuse. You've jumped. And the worst part is you don't know. You don't know. You think it is all good. You don't know. It's so painful. And you see when you're up at the pinnacle, everyone's just cheering you on. First of all, you're too far up to hear the voices telling you, Gundi, don't jump. You can't hear them. In fact, they're shouting, don't jump. You think they're saying, yes, jump. You jump. <laughs> Beware of sudden rises. Because in the kingdom of God, I have never seen a sudden rise. There are some people who may look like a sudden rise, but if you study, you realize it was not sudden. The ones who are really sudden, they also go down suddenly. It is so sudden, you nobody sees it coming. But the ones who look like they're sudden, but it's God. When you study their life, you realize, no, there was nothing sudden about it. There was major preparation God was doing in them to get them there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there he is. Jump. And he even quotes the word to you. Today, you have those guys. Hugely anointed. Hugely respected. What usually happens? Bwabata good demo pride. A good demo sex. Money. Three things. Pride, sex, money. Take them down so fast. They don't see it coming. (laughs) Because you see, first of all, he got you from the other end new creation realities. You think you are the first one to see them. They've been around. <laughs> the Kenyans wrote them in the 60s. Ali! And before you even think you know them, there were Woodworth's etas who were living in them even earlier. But you think, ah, Fetwa but they, what do you think has been saving them all these years? <laughs> you think for them they've been saved by what? They're also saved by grace. You think you've just discovered it. In fact, what's interesting is, for you at that moment, you are preaching grace while there are people who have been leaving it. Now, if you pass that one, what comes next? 
shows you all the kingdoms. He says, ah, look here. Just bow and worship me. Eh? I'll give you all of it. You won't need to work hard. You don't need to go to the cross. Why can't suffer on the cross? Eh? When I can give it to you quickly. Just surrender here to me. Quickly, quickly here. And it will all be sorted. <laughs> you haven't seen those ones. People who come and tell you, you go minister in a church. You're anointed, you go, you go to this church. Now, especially in America. Come to this church and preach. And people see miracles and they tell you, ah, do you know what? Join our denomination. We'll put you on salary. We'll give you 10 million a year. We'll ordain you, give you 10 million a year, give you a church to pastor. And you start thinking, Mokamazem. First of all, $10 million a year looks like, man, you start thinking of all the crusades you can hold in $10 million per year. Bamfule Bishop wa East African region. Bampe $10 million a year. A nice house. It is quick. It's easy. Why strain having to believe God? When I can just join this denomination quickly and they start giving me this money. You get in there, you die in religion, you won't even know what happened. (laughs) The devil. Devil. Sometimes it comes in a very subtle way. Someone comes and tells you, you know what? You're going to have a hard time entering certain doors if you don't go to theology school. The pulpits you'll never be allowed on if you don't go to theology school. Outside, just you go to theology school. Then you go. And they kill you spiritually, properly, and bury you. There's a reason why for us seminaries in the US, we call them cemeteries. All the people who go there full of the Holy Ghost come out dead. Because you get there and all these professors, they are professors of the Old Testament, professors of epistles, professors of what? And they are not even believers. It's a career for them. They are scholars. So they come eh, and they first challenge all of your beliefs in miracles and what. Eh, and they tear it apart using scripture. By the time they are done, you're also doubting. You're saying, eh, now is this God of Andy Mubiang? They challenge everything you thought you knew and then they tear it all apart. But the thing, and the thing where they get you is because they're using the wisdom of men. But these things are not meant to be understood by the wisdom of men. In fact, they are not logical. They are foolishness unto those who are perishing. But you come and you enter this seminary and they first show you that you are foolish. And before long, you also accept. Because first of all, here is your problem. You must give the correct answers in order to pass. So you must learn the stuff so that you can produce it. But what you hear is what you become. So the more you hear it, the more it affects you and you become it. Hey, let me tell you, when I went to the US, 
I first sat and I went through the test of wilderness. You are here, you are sitting in the house. God told you to go to America and there is not a single door that is open. And you are sitting at home and your wife is going to work and leaving you in the house. But you are the man, the husband. And everyone's looking at you like, eh? That's how it is. I went through a season. eh? The one thing I dreaded the most every Sunday afternoon when my in-laws would call. No, I have no more. There you are. And the things of God are just interesting. Because I arrived, the day after I arrived, I get a phone call. Hello? Is this Noah Samatimba? Yes. We saw your CV on monster.com and you fit perfectly the job we have here. I said, oh, wow. They're like, um, how much would you like to be paid? So I turned to Flavia and I'm like, man, what should I ask for? She looks at me, she says, well, currently, I get 35 an hour. Ask them for 40 bucks an hour. I'm like, hey, okay. 40 bucks an hour. And the guy, <laughs> we'll give you 100. I said, I don't know. I told him, sure, when do you want me to start? You can have to me a quarter ministry. That's Saturday. They tell me, Monday. I even told the guy, ah, but I'm on H4, H4s are not supposed to work. He said, we will sort all of that out. Eh? Next morning, Sunday, I go to church. He's a visiting preacher. Preachers, 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 and he stops. You. God did not send you to America to take a job. There went a hundred dollars an hour. Poof. Remember, we work 40 hours a week. I was going to make four thousand dollars a week. <laughs> hey. I looked, I turned and looked at Flavia. She looked at me, then we just started laughing. We just started laughing. Because here we are with no furniture in the house. And God has just told me he didn't send me to America to take a job. The foolish things of God. 
and happy. When we subdivide it, eh, it pays the mortgage, it pays the cannot, and buys the most basic of groceries. We even had the kind of tippy that scratches your butt. Eh? We couldn't afford the better one. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> that extra two dollars on the other one, eh? we could not afford. After tithe and whatever, we couldn't. But here we are. And then you go home and you're thinking, okay, you said you called me for ministry. You must be bringing some doors. Wow. Not even a single one. And I'm there and he says, sit down and I teach you. I said, eh, okay. Then, and I foolish heads. Eh? I'm like, teach me, teach me. So I need to learn, okay. Get on the computer, Google. I applied to Fuller. Fuller Theological Seminary. Put in all my applications. I even get accepted. And the Lord said, I never told you to go to Fuller. I said, sit down and I teach you. I'd even gotten a scholarship. And I knew, let me tell you, if you go to Fula and you graduate, eh, you will have a placement in a church instantly. Because I was going to go do an MA in theology. You come out, shh, just look for the nearest big Baptist church. Pastor. And then they'll tell you, but here we don't speak in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Then next thing I know, I'm getting brochures. Dallas Theological Seminary. What? I get excited. I open the website. For some reason, I went to our beliefs. You need to go to that website. DTS.org. I don't know if they've changed their statement of faith. But it was saying there at the time I read, we believe that miracles ended in the time of the apostles. I said, Bye. I just clicked close on the tab. Instantly. But there was a test in there. Because I sat in obscurity for two years. You are in America. Everyone these ends thinks Choriko. Things are happening. Nothing. Some people even begin to think you are mean. Guy in Zijans, Gurirao Kunziji, Sizirina, You're in faith. And during all this time, there are shortcuts coming. 
There are ways around it. There are tricks you can do. Believe me, I know the tricks of America. If I wanted to do them and get quickly famous, there are certain things you know to do. But I am not willing to lower myself to the tricks that I have seen other preachers use. And the worst part is you get ministers visit your home and tell you, Gundi, you are being foolish. You must be as cunning as a serpent. (laughs) The guy tells you, first thing you must do, when you go to these white churches and they ask you, where do you stay? Don't tell them you stay in their country. They don't like that. Tell them you live in Uganda. Sounds very simple. Until you remember that your mouth creates. <laughs> Until you remember that your mouth creates. So you get it. The next thing you know, <laughs> Next thing you know, you will be out. When they will tell you, ah, look, someone sat me down and told me, look, you need to understand American mindsets. Americans are project oriented. It's hard to get Americans to just give you money for missions and evangelism. They like projects, like building projects, orphanages, and what. So you need to have an orphanage, and you know you need to be building a school. (laughs) Sounds very logical. Sounds very wise. But my friend... Did God tell you to start an orphanage? Did he tell you to build a school? Whose hand are you relying on? (laughs) People ask me sometimes, they're like, but how do you manage to live over there? Because at the same time, my wife does not pay my ministry bills. No. God supplies my ministry bills. She's never bought me a ticket to come here. Not, not even once. Mm-mm. And it's not that she has refused. No, I just said, uh-uh. if God called me, he needs to supply. And he does. He does. And one of the things that amazes me, I get more money from Uganda than I get from the U.S. I have most of my partners are Ugandans. In Uganda, not in the U.S. And it surprises you. And then I ask myself, why take me to America when the guys are over here? He says, ah, ah. But one time the Lord told me something. He said, yeah, you see, the missionaries, they would leave America 
and come to Uganda, and the Americans would meet their needs while they're in Uganda. You are a missionary from Uganda to America. Don't get the order wrong. Say, look, if the Americans give you, then the blessing is for the Americans. When the Ugandans support you, then the blessing goes to where? (laughs) For a very long time, that's how those guys have enjoyed our blessing. They build our churches, they send missionaries here, pay for crusades here, build orphanages and schools, and their economies keep flourishing and flourishing and growing bigger, and we don't understand that it's because, yeah, the giver is more blessed than the receiver. Thank God for their kind hearts. But we better be delivered. (laughs) From the mentality of receivership. In fact, don't you find it interesting that when you go into bankruptcy, they say that he's gone into receivership? (laughs) When you go bankrupt, they say that company has gone into receivership. Not givership. There is a divine principle at work. If you start, the day you choose to go into receivership mode, do you know why the giver is more blessed than the receiver? When I receive, that's the most that money can be. The one who is giving, they are literally sowing it. It's going to multiply. So the giver is far more blessed than the receiver. And that's why the strategy has always been to keep us as receivers. We have been kept in receivership for decades as a nation, as a continent. Donors, 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 donors. They've kept us in receivership. The worst part, the church leads the way. Our churches are always in receivership. American churches sending us money all the time. That's why I was amazed as when I was seeing this 77 days. I said, how? We're raising $70,000 to sow it in 10 ministries overseas. I said, yeah. Now that's it. Yeah. We must get out of receivership and get into givership if we want to get out of where we are. Logically, it makes no sense. Logically, it makes no sense. $70,000 does a lot of good things here in Uganda. But spiritually, it makes too much sense to sow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember a time we just finished dedication 2004 dedication of Miracle Center and by then I was Pastor Robert's like right hand man the church was 800 million in debt the ministry 
was 800 million in debt. I know because all the phone calls were coming to me. Guys at office even wondered because it was an office line. I am getting phone calls everywhere. Guys were even threatening to jail me. The online number anyone knew for the pastor was mine. Everyone called me. Even the president would call. Hello. Kanja. <laughs> Your Excellency, this is not personal. Could you please hold on and I get the phone to you? <laughs> and then we raised some money. And I was getting excited. Let's clear some bills. You know, it was about 50 million. Those days, the dollar was at around 2,000 shillings. Eh? So it raised close to $25,000. And I'm getting excited. If, I can, if you can give a katen here, katen here, katen here to all these debtors, eh? they can keep quiet for a little while eh? while we raise another amount of money. Then the next thing I hear the pastor saying, we are sowing $25,000 to Benny Hinn Ministries. I'm thinking, guy, you know, get a champion. But out of that seed, months later, we were totally debt free. If you see people with bottles of water, what if you've never been here? There is tea and coffee and water and all those things in there, you know. So you can get some, but see how the temptation of the enemy is to always get you out of spirit living into carnal living, he wants to get you out of faith living into the natural realm. And he uses logic. Because the things of God are illogical. If it makes too much sense, it is not of God. If you can add it up, one, two, three, four, and it adds up to something, it is not God. In fact, here is the thing. If you have a dream, and you can write a nice plan, Whereby you will save like this, and then save like that, and then this. Uh, and you can plan it out nicely out of your known resources. That's not good. If it's good, it should require faith. Because if you can do it in your own strength, then where does it get glory from? God wants you to do something so outrageous eh, that when everyone looks at it, they cannot doubt but say that was God. They can look and say for sure only God could have done that. I thank God. I've had the privilege of having been in Miracle Center from 1987 when we came to Lunguja. And I remember when we first saw the plans for that church. 
When they first showed us the plans for a glass cathedral, eh? <laughs> we didn't even have a concrete floor in the wooden shack where we were praying from. Uh-uh, it was dust. We used to come from here with mats. And we would carry our mats up to Rubaga Warikawusu. Eh? And put them in the dust to sit on in church. It was not even a chibao, it was a chiwempe. Even benches were for believing God. So that you stop bringing mats. And the man was talking about a glass cathedral. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. It was madness. But then, that's how God works. It has to be outrageous. It has to shake. I mean, you have to look at it and you also say, ah, if you don't show up, I'm finished. That's why everywhere you read in scripture, it says, enlarge your tent pigs. Stretch out your habitation. He's saying, look, you, you, if you want me to be in it, it needs to be bigger than you can do on your own. That's what he's saying. If you can think it through, then you don't need him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have seen God challenge me like that in so many ways. I mean, let me give you an example on our small scale so that you don't think I'm only talking about the other really, really big things. Breakthrough Fellowship started last year. Yeah? Last year, yeah. Okay, the other December, but sort of it's really, you know, it was literally last year, beginning of last year. And one not many... In fact, I remember there was one Kalito Fellowship upstairs there. I was on Skype. And then I said, ah, we are going to get our own machines and we are going to get a boss system. Now, Alan can tell us, suppose how much was our offerings those days? 40000 20 And I'm saying, you know, we are going to get a sound system of $2,500. And I'm saying that, and I don't have anything on my account. Got it. It has to be. I remember one time when I was sharing. You know, sometimes our reasoning. I was sharing, and the Lord spoke to me clearly, and He said, "Someone God has spoken to them to sow a seed of a thousand dollars." 
And I first stopped and I said, Lord, are you sure it's a thousand dollars or a million shillings? Because I honestly was looking through the camera at the people who were in there. And I honestly could not see anyone who could give. <laughs> so with my natural canal eyes. I tell you, you know the worst part is when the people in the fellowship, you know them very well. The ones who work, you even have an estimate of how much they earn. That told me, shut up and just say what I said. I shut up and I said what he said. And I think it was a week or two later that I think Pastor Michael Chinto was like, that was my word. I am wearing the money today. He was in Hong Kong wearing money. They even gave him a hard time wearing that money from Hong Kong. He said, huh? Then the next thing he comes back giving testimonies. You won't believe what happened. Now our offering has gone crazy. The people, the numbers have blown up. Now we don't know what to do. Those who remember, you guys I think should remember those testimonies. They came back with some amazing testimonies of what had happened. And I was thinking, eh, like that, I need to tap into this also. But it's a faith life. And the devil is always, that's what the third temptation was about. Let him bring you back into a uh, uh, look. Binebiokufa. Kumusaraba. There's an there's a well nice, well planned way here. God gave me this dominion. Which means I can give it to anyone I please. Can you bow down to me and I just give it to you? That's what he was telling him. Why go suffer on a cross? I can just give it to you here, quick. All you have to do, it won't even cost you anything. It's not painful. Just bow down. <laughs> the thing, now some of you may be saying, but we are not ministers. Everyone in this fellowship at one point or the other, you are going to be a minister. If you are not already, you will be a minister. We are not here to raise church attenders. <laughs> yeah? You don't come here and drink all this mandule and then go and become a church member warming a chair. Uh-uh. Yeah? We must come to a point where we come to breakthrough fellowship and when it's testimony time, people are coming up and saying, I was doing my crusade in my UK and God did this. I was doing my crusade over there in wherever and ten, ten lepers were cleansed. Hallelujah. Where we will look around and say, oh, Reverend Solomon's back from Hong Kong. Hey, yeah, but Sister Tracy is also back from Germany. And, you know, eh? And while she was there, you know, she was doing a, a nursing conference, but then she preached in some churches and people got healed and then the revival broke out. Then she came. Hey. Amen. <laughs> So if you're thinking, you know, Mbu, I tell now this doesn't look relevant to us, eh? Ah. 
You guys have no idea how many crusades I did while working in MTN. I think you might know a few. No, he's partnered with me from way back. I used to do crusades. Crusades. Eh? You come, the moment they would announce a public holiday like this one, eh? I would be like, okay, can Sabionikaliv de Kamu Friday? So that it becomes a long one, eh? Thursday to Sunday. I say, ha! And I would plan them in advance because you know when the public holidays will come. So you ask for your card day in advance. So now you know I have four days. You're like, ha! To Gendembali. Crusade Thursday to Sunday to overnight Friday. Ah! Then you go. That's how we used to do these things. On Monday, you're back at the computer logging into your unique server. <laughs> Talking technical terms. SSH, what, do what, find minus this, what, what. On the weekend, put your hand where the pain is. <laughs> <laughs> What we are called to be. Eh? Eh. Hallelujah. And, and that's why the devil wants to keep us in a carnal mindset. He wants to keep us thinking logically. But Lord, how will it work? I don't see how it will work out. That's why it is called faith. If you see how it will work out, it ceases to be faith. Faith requires you to just step. And he says, Ah, you step. I will figure out the rest for you. Just go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My friend Robert is not here tonight. I wish he had come. Me and him, we have mutual testimonies. When we were getting married, we started with nothing. Saying, I'm getting married. Nainga, you know your account, eh? Cannot sustain a wedding. Hmm? You know, I have many committee members. Sam was on my committee, Patrick, you know. <laughs> But they can tell you are debt free at the end. But it was also a step of faith. In fact, for most of you, your wedding will be your biggest step of faith. After you've done that one, other things become small. Breakthrough Fellowship meets every Wednesday in Lunguja. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89 Thank you.